0: You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. I liked my first intro better, but here we are. We're starting off and we're laughing already. It's a good morning in beautiful Los Angeles after a weird weekend of rain. Rain and humidity have felt like Florida or like where like New York in August. It was well, a we should weir- never complain about rain because we live in a desert. But my house has leaks. <laughs> my roof
1: has leaks, Brooke.
2: <laughs> gotta find out at some point.
1: That's true. I found that's out. That's true. So you want to live in ignorance? No. I, what? Maybe, I, I want to live maybe in a that's, dry maybe house. that's why God says rain on our lives. So let us know where the leaks are.
2: I don't, I don't
0: know why I bring God into this. <laughs> you
2: got to bring God into God it.
0: God has nothing to do with this rain. <laughs> he has nothing to do with the rain? I don't think. I don't know. I don't think he's up there flipping switches going, "Let's go, Let's let's leave Los Angeles in a drought, but let's let it sprinkle a little bit. All
1: right. Well, then I won't give him any blame for the humidity.
0: I'm not blaming anyone. All I'm saying is is it's leaking in my house. All right. If you know a contractor, hit me up. Well, there's so much going on. So much going on. Where do you want to start? Well, you went and got coffee this morning. I <laughs> you know, I'm not okay. I'm a victim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, no, I'm not a victim. I was, I was standing at my local coffee shop, Mm -hmm. which will not be named. And I was meeting a young guy. Um, and he was a little running a little bit late and I was standing in the line and I was like, I was going to get his coffee. I just texted him. Hey, what do you want? What's your order? And this, I, he, he was Italian. It's just the reality. He was Italian and super Italian. And he had his little man purse like satchel thing and he was wearing shorts and and he and he was, you know, his scruffy glasses, the whole thing, probably about 45. And he is like berate, he cuts in front of the whole line. That's the other thing. He had all his drinks in his hand. He cuts in front of the whole line and just starts berating the barista that I see all the time. And he's like going off on him. If this was Starbucks, you guys would have given my drinks for free. This place is garbage, this place is trash. And I I didn't sleep super well last night. I had pizza on my stomach. I think I was a little, you know, I wasn't feeling super good. And I just looked at him and I was like, can you just shut up and leave the line? Oh. <laughs> and I pointed at the door, like, can you just leave? Just shut up and leave. And there's a sweet Korean, meek Korean couple in between me and the man. And they just got super nervous. And I brought, I bring a nice level hostility when I'm upset. And I said, shut, shut your mouth and leave the line. And don't talk to people like that. They're serving you. They're like this is their place. You're you're not even. I don't. I've never seen you here. You're not from. You're not like I. When I said you're not, I, I didn't say you're not from here. I said this is like a local spot. Why are you being rude? Leave. And he goes, shut the f up. If you wanna talk about it, I said, yeah, you wanna talk about it. Let's go. I'm feeling really confident I gained 30 pounds I've been in the gym I'm like, I like I feel like I got an inner strength and an outer strength
1: the inner strength and <laughs> outer strength is supposed to be so that you can protect yourself and protect others no, I was a- protecting
0: my barista who was important he's an essential part he's, a, he's an essential worker in my life <laughs> <laughs> this man has been through it and so mm-hmm. you know it was bad because you know if anyone in that room went to Mosaic they're definitely not going anymore But I was shaking a little bit, you know, because then they, you know, the next priest is like, hey, just come over here. uh, Let me take your order. I said, hey, look, like we're all waiting in line and you're just in here running your mouth. You have all your drinks. Just shut your mouth and leave. Like you already got it. There's no reason you need to like give it to them. And and I said, or we could take it outside if you want, because he already made that comment. And and he's also like on the phone, like a little like, oh, my gosh, just like, oh, like what? Like, I was waiting for his little poodle to pop out of his man bag. Like, just, like, just, like, soft energy. I was so angry. And then I went up to the barista and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Because the brisa called me out by name. Hey, Aaron, like, it's good. We got it. Like, just chill. You know, we're, we got it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. And then I went to the next brisa and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, that just makes me really angry that people talk like that. And... And she's like, no, it's good. Like, you know, thank you, whatever. And it didn't feel like a sincere thank you. So I was like, I'll I'll drink my coffee outside. I'll give this, I'll leave this place. And I was outside. I ran into the Italian man and he starts going off of me, calling me all this stuff. And I just looked at him. I was like, bro, I don't go to your country and act like an actual fool. Like, why are you talking down to people who serve you? I was like, you got your kids with you now? Like he had his kids outside. I didn't know his kids were with him at the time where I wouldn't have been Mm. so strong. You know, protect women and children, <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, I'm honestly like, I'm embarrassed for you. Like, this is how you treat people in front of your family. Like, this is a, this garbage. Like, please leave. And you know, like I'm not, I wasn't trying to be anything else, but it is unfortunately who I am in my dark moments. I'm probably gonna have to go to a different coffee shop for a few months <laughs> until that, that 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 barista is gone. Okay, can I, I give you some feedback? Sure, t- you could g- start with the Italian man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, was he bigger than you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, like, that doesn't—I'm good.
1: Well, no, I just—I I, I would just hope he was bigger than you. And, he was
0: not smaller than me. Okay. I, I wouldn't have—I matched his level of aggression that he was giving the barista that I gave to him.
1: Okay. So, here, here are my thoughts. First of all, there's a lot of people who um, are narcissistic, and they're condescending, and they treat service workers like, like garbage.
0: It, that bothers me.
1: And um, I hate it. Hate it. And it— um, it, yeah, it just really irritates me, angers me, and but secondly, you rarely are able to defuse um,
0: aggression with aggression.
1: Yes, you you could have said, "Hey, you're uh, could you um, not treat people badly, or could you change your tone?" Or you could have said, "Hey, you're embarrassing yourself." If you wanted to be a little more intense, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but usually aggression. Faced with aggression, just creates violence. Just want to note that I wanted right? a
0: little violence. I'm not. Gonna no, lie. I and, want. I'm not. I wanted and, a little bit of violence. No,
1: and then the people that you're quote protecting now feel unprotected because you you increase the intensity and in the and the aggression in the room. So you have to realize when you're in trying to protect someone that you may actually make them feel more in danger.
0: The baristas? Yes. The baristas were safe. <laughs> I promise you, the baristas were safe. But
1: on a side note, yeah. The reason you respond like that is because um, I've developed this this No,
0: don't protect me because if if you protect me then everybody's going to be like, you know, he's coddled, he did, No, 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 told I, us not a, way, a godly way of acting.
1: Oh, I'm not even talking about that. I'm but talking I know about exactly how exactly who
0: I am in this story. I'm yeah. the guy who chops the ear off.
1: Yeah, you're Peter. You know, you've I always, been, always Peter. been Peter. <laughs> <the election. laughs> you've always been Peter. You've never been John. Serving you. You've always been Peter and always Peter. But it's interesting because um, I've developed these seven frequencies of communication. Oh. And that identifies the frequency for which people communicate. Yes. And one of the frequencies is called um, the challenger. Yes. And you are um, 100%, 100 a challenger. 100. <laughs> 100 a challenger. Brooke, have you heard
0: of this new thing we're talking about?
2: <laughs> I've heard of it briefly. I haven't heard of every frequency yet. And
1: we're going to be releasing this content in the next few weeks. We are. It's going to be one of the most. Um, I think it's would be great transformative things I've ever put out, and I'm so excited about it. But you are a challenger, but sometimes you have to adapt a different frequency for a different situation. So So you can't see every situation as a a situation that needs a challenger moment, a challenger frequency.
0: I don't see every situation that needs it. Mm -hmm. I don't see every situation, Mm -hmm. you know? There was a guy eating a poke bowl in the back of Mosaic yesterday. I didn't tell him to shut up and leave. (laughs) I sent sweet Matt over
1: <laughs> who speaks from a different and frequency. matt
0: sent sweet oliver over <laughs> so we went down the levels of sweetness that's right who even you speaks know? at a different frequency than I, matt <laughs> i said I, I said this isn't a pokey restaurant i kick him out i don't care like I don't, it, you know it's, it, well
1: it's so disrespectful it's so disrespectful to, to go to church I, and, and open up your lunch to start eating it i'm the gas, right?
0: mind blown by the level of disrespect <laughs> from people that come into church like well, it's insane we are like, in hollywood but does it mean people are does it mean people are, are more stupid here or no more disrespectful here?
1: I think it's that people are more inherently irreligious, and so they don't treat a space as sacred. And um, and, and maybe it's that they have, have a more entitled personality, so I, I, I think they should—
0: Yeah, I disagree with you. I think oh. people actually have a have a huge background of faith and religion. Mm. They are just—they come here because they're narcissistic, and they they believe every room is theirs. Yeah, that was the want. second reason yeah. Yeah, I to say. Yeah, no, I no, I
1: do think they they most of them come from a religious background. Because I find my atheist
0: friends are more respectful when they come into church.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, I sit corrected. I do think that the atheists and agnostics who come are more respectful because they know it's not their space. They know it's not their space. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so they they act like uh, um, invited guests.
0: L.A., the city of bad of kids who come here from bad parents. Not bad parents, but <laughs> bad parenting. What's the difference?
2: <laughs> I have a question. So yes. was I wrong? Well, here's my question. And yeah.
0: how wrong was I?
2: <laughs> so you see someone berating someone. It's causing anxiety, stress in the mm-hmm. restaurant. You don't think it's fair that the breeze is being treated this way. Yes. Now, you said your response, Aaron, was not correct, but... No, he, I, no, did. I didn't no
0: he did say it wasn't correct. I didn't say that.
2: Okay, well, it didn't seem like you were a fan of the way you responded.
0: I realized when I, when I said it, as harshly as I said it, yeah. everyone around me got scared.
2: Okay, so, but at what point, <laughs> it, it's like, it reminds me of every single actor and spectator sitting at the Oscars who watched Will Smith punch Chris Rock. No but one did. did anything.
1: Right, that so, would not be Aaron. Aaron would have done something right away. Oh, right. I would
0: have whooped Will Smith, but But what's camera.
2: the what's the good middle ground? Like what's the healthy response that still doesn't sit apathetically and let it happen around them?
1: I don't know. Yeah, being passive and doing nothing is not the answer. And um, but trying to outmatch the aggression isn't the answer either. It Well, let me say this. It's not the first answer. It may be become the answer. Yeah, but it's not the first answer.
0: So I, I the first
1: answer is try to defuse the aggressive person. Right. You defuse the bomb before you set another bomb. Yes.
0: This is starting to turn into Hurt Locker.
2: I like it. <laughs> defuse the bomb, but have another bomb side stage just in case. Yeah. My,
0: my thing is th- I, my thing is this. I, I understand being rude because I have been rude. Mm-hmm. But I am not rude to people that I feel. Don't deserve it. As I, I live by a moral code,
1: right? But that guy felt like they deserved it, so he. But would, was, he would, if he was telling a story, he would say, "I I only acted the way that I should have acted because those people deserved it." That's a part of the way entitled people think.
0: My thing is like you know when you walk in and you go you know Starbucks would have done this for, for you're not in Starbucks, bro. Starbucks is two blocks away. Go to Starbucks, like you know. Don't. And then I came out and it was like I it it, it I.
1: Every fight isn't your fight.
0: It was, it didn't turn, it. wasn't a fight. It wasn't a fight. It was a frustration.
1: No. Um, you have to allow people, first of all, to defend themselves. The Burstas were handling it. And if, if they didn't handle it the way you wanted to, that's not really – it's not up maybe to you was, to decide.
0: Maybe it was out of a selfish desire because I felt like he would – maybe I was just out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it was to be honest. I I, I was more frustrated than I should have been, mm-hmm. and I re- resorted to anger, not to violence because there was nothing happened. Just right. to to anger, and I think I was just trying to out, you know, uh, you, be more aggressive than his aggression, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, uh, you, yeah. I think that one of the things that you have a um, you have a defender mindset where. Um, when you see someone being aggressive against a lesser uh, powerful a person, person, you jump you you feel uh, instinctively moved to act. Yeah. It's almost as if you don't have to think about it. You're not the person that thinks twice, should I defend this person? No. You you, you later go, Oh, did I over defend them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem, right? Yeah. It's like So I I what I love about you is that you are a defender of the weak. And you are a person who will stand up to bullies. And even if it, it's gonna get you hurt, you stand in between the person who's abusing and the person who's powerless. What I think you have to grow in is, can I defuse the bomb rather than being a bomb?
0: I would've whooped him in front of his son too. That's not the point. I would've. See, my would've, would've grown up and with it. Re- Daddy, you, that you remember that time, <laughs> that time he went to that coffee shop in Hollywood? In that.
1: <laughs> that would not make the world better. It would traumatize the son too. I
0: know. I was. I. It's. It made me sad when I saw the kid. I was like, dang. I wonder if this kid ever looks up at his dad and goes, "Dad, why do you have a purse?" <laughs>
2: Aaron. What?
0: You're, you're, you're still a little mad. <laughs> I'm so angry. I, it yeah. took me a minute. I was shaking. I was shaking a little bit. Did you get your coffee? I got my coffee and I went and sat outside. Like a <laughs> like because I was like I kick, I'm kicking my own self out of this coffee shop. <laughs> I wasn't proud. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. I didn't realize it was, you know. You know, like when you're singing in the, in, in, mm-hmm. in your house and then someone is in your house, you didn't realize mm-hmm. someone's in your house? You ever had yeah. that moment?
1: Yeah. Here's two words.
0: I felt like I was caught singing. Yeah.
1: Impulse control.
0: It is. It, I got to, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've had a good, I've, no, I genuinely feel like I've had a good, like, grasp on impulse control. I know that I've 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 been diagnosed with P, like PTSD hypervigilance because mm-hmm. of the some of the situations I was a part of when I was younger. And 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 controlling that is a real thing. And I think I've put in lots of time to, mm-hmm. to work on that. I definitely have been feeling my patients waning. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. in that situation. Oh, this is interesting. I'm glad glad you, thank you for the advice. Yeah. Uh, so I failed the situation. Well, no, I, I think, but it, it's not black and
1: white um, because I think most people err on the side
0: of they do nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. Because like the says yeah. it felt like, were more mad at me afterwards than mad at him.
1: Yeah, and th- that's going to happen. Then
0: I looked at them and was like,
1: Are you okay? By the way, one of the most dangerous places to be is when you jump in to sure. stop a fight. Yeah, it's
0: like domestic violence. Because yeah, the, the people is-
1: fighting will actually. Beat you up and then go back to fighting each other. Yeah, it's they end up ha- with a common enemy. So it's a very odd psychological thing. The fact that you're defending the bristas doesn't make them see you as a defender. Interesting. Because for them, oh, you 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 exacerbated the problem. He he would have yelled at us and eventually went away. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so that's that's a part of the dynamic. All right, but uh, thank you so much for being so transparent about this morning's situation, though. Speaking of... um, At least I didn't get what? Speaking of L.A.'s potential violent environment, um, something happened the other day with um, our mayoral candidate. Yes. Karen Bass. Karen Bass. Yeah. Yeah. And um, best I understand, her house was broken into. Yep. And someone stole two guns. Two guns. That she had secured there at the house. Yep. But they didn't steal anything else. No jewelry, no money. There
0: was cash and other things, and they didn't steal it.
1: So they went in specifically
0: to steal the weapons. It that's it's it's odd. She says they were safely stored away, which I I believe. I think it's pretty like it's kind of a big deal in in California. Mm -hmm. You have to like safely store. You have to you know. But what is safely? Right. Is that in her dresser drawer? That's you know, or is it in an actual safe? Like it
2: was in a Brinks lockbox.
0: Okay, and I, a Brinks lockbox. Yeah, see, I, I, see I, that's not safely stored. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be deemed safely stored. Really? Why? Gun- I, no, you would need a gun safe, I think, to be safely stored.
2: I think it is a Brinks label gun safe.
0: Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Well, so that's different that, than a, yeah,
1: yeah. But then that okay. makes me ask many questions. How did they know there were guns in a in a Brinks lockbox? I don't know. How did they? How did maybe they, they
0: didn't. Maybe they just took the. Maybe they just took the lockbox. I didn't know where it was. I don't know. I don't
1: know. But I do think it's interesting that in yeah. LA because Karen Bass would be seen probably more on the super liberal side. More yeah, super liberal democrat, you know, side of the political spectrum and she'd probably be for gun restrictions and We have uh, a
0: lot of candidates, but essentially we have Rick Caruso, yeah. who owns like the big malls, The Grove, the is it the Americana. Galleria, the Americana, mm-hmm. the the whatever the version of his Pacific Palisades, yeah. you know, billionaire. Yeah. And then you've got and he's a democrat but he's a fake Democrat. He's really a Republican that switched over to be a Democrat so that he could— because you're never going to win the mayor of L.A. being a Republican. And then you have Karen Bass, who I don't know what she's done. I'm not as educated on her background, but— But I do think it's interesting that someone
1: who would be on the far left, on the left of the spectrum, would actually not just have a gun— should have two guns. Tomb Raider. <laughs>
2: so, I mean, Tomb Raider. One for, one for, hand? for each hand. wielding.
1: I don't know. It's
2: like one,
0: one,
1: one for when you went out of ammo. <laughs> and one wasn't enough.
0: And it was up. like, honey, get up. Let's go. <laughs> Someone's at the door. <laughs> What are you saying early in karen bass get got <laughs> no i just i think it's you know it's a bad headline too because i'm sure she's a wonderful she seems like she seems lovely like they yeah. actually they seem like both interesting candidates um and and it's just a it's a bad it seems like a bad look for a democrat to lose their guns or even to have guns in this to have conversation, guns, right, right probably voting a lot towards you know gun reform and gun control and, mm-hmm. and, and in this environment, you know, like, and I think it's scary, right? You get your gun stolen and like you were set on no one to then have, you know, I don't have guns. Yeah,
1: and she she's, says she's a, no in terms of me. feeling safe to walk in her neighborhood, she feels like she's a 10 out of 10. So do you feel like it was
0: a targeted attack? Someone yeah. had to have known there were guns in that house.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know how you break in for nothing but guns if you know, if you don't know, guns are there.
0: It's a very weird thing.
1: And, and then I, I guess I would just not assume that Karen Bass would have a gun. So I think that's more surprising. That is very, very surprising to me. And, um, and then when she says she feels perfectly safe, if you feel perfectly safe, why do you have a gun or have two guns? Right. Yeah. And because she, that doesn't match. Because it seems like almost like somewhere the narratives don't match. And either you have to recognize the city is really a mess. Mm-hmm. It's violent. There's incredible. Uh, I mean, there's an explosion of of theft and crime and violence and uh, and homelessness and um, in the city. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I understand why she has two guns. And uh, but then she says, "No, she feels perfectly safe." But if you feel perfectly safe, why do you have two guns? I, it it doesn't match for me. I don't know. And uh, I, I'm it's just really kind of curious because I noticed during the pandemic, I think I saw something like hundred thousand guns were purchased in California, or something like that—some ridiculous number. That's, and and I remember going to um, um this like Bass Pro Shop or some some place like that that has what guns? Like it has a whole it, gun shop. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's and, got everything. It's like hunting, fishing. It's like yeah. an outdoors and they sports were,
1: world. And I went back there and I looked at the racks and I said, uh, "How come you don't have like hardly any guns?" And I wasn't buying a gun. I was just curious to go. Yeah, we're sold out.
0: You where were you at a Bass Pro Shop in California?
1: Um. I don't even remember. It. I think it's there. I think there's one toward the valley or something like oh, that. Okay. And uh, and it was actually when I was I was doing some research uh, for uh, designs and you know was trying to look at what Mid America does and everything like that. And I know, um, but I was just and Kim, your mom, she loves stores like that, you know. Okay. But anyway, I was shocked. They were saying our, our guns are sold out, and during the pandemic, I mean, people were buying guns left and right.
0: So crazy.
1: And and so I, I just wonder what it. What it says that it's not just, one, it's an interesting reminder, not just conservatives are buying guns, but, but liberals are buying guns. And not just conservatives have guns in their homes, but liberals have guns, and even more than one gun. Hmm. And, you know, I just wonder how much our political narratives actually match the lifestyles that our politicians are living, too. Hmm.
0: So interesting. You know.
1: Yeah. And I mean, because it, it even goes back to when when Gavin Newsom was, every time he put restrictions in California, he would go on vacation in Hawaii or go on vacation somewhere yeah. else. And, yeah. And um, I, I do think we're at a time where we need to begin to um, hold our candidates accountable for the policies that they advocate and the, and the lives that they live. Yeah. And um, yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was a really interesting little nuance. I don't really have that much of a judgment on okay. it. Okay. What do you think about... Can I cut you off? No, no, no. Yeah, there's no judgment on that. It was just yeah. an interesting... I just thought it was interesting, yeah. Just yeah, thought, yeah, you know, especially in LA. I just love to know how many Democrats actually have guns mm. in California. That would, that would be
0: such an interesting Got some guns detail. underneath your, your floorboards? <laughs>
2: no guns at this time.
0: Okay. Would you get a gun?
2: I would have no use for it. I would hurt myself before hurting someone else. It that... makes me nervous mm-hmm. with kids.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I just want to say, I do not have uh, guns, but I have pulled a sword on criminals. <laughs> <A> sword. <laughs> because uh, they're really took it to like the the, the American eight, Revolution era. Four guys were b- coming in to break into our house. <laughs> I remember. And I pulled out my sword and I turned off
0: the lights. And Kim goes, <laughs> What are you doing? You turned
2: off the lights?
0: Yeah. I was there actually. He <laughs> handed me a bat. He so is this the, the, the hypervigilance
2: vigilance thing? Is this what this is it's one coming of from? Yeah,
0: they were <laughs> like, it was like the whole death threat era. People were trying to kill the family, you know. And, and, no, I and yeah, so I I mean I have I
1: had a weapon. It just wasn't a conventional weapon. Yeah. And but and then King goes, "What are you doing? Turn the lights? That way they'll go away." <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah, I'd be more afraid of mom, though. No gun. Mom, yeah. no gun, no sword. <laughs> mom, mom, like, in the octagon, Nate Diaz style on whoever. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of things. We, d- we haven't wanted to talk too much about politics, but let's get into it. How do you feel about President Biden forgiving student loans? We haven't talked about politics in a while.
1: And... I actually have some pretty strong feelings on several things yeah, that have come out. When I first heard about the, the quote, student forgiveness, it's, um, it's not student forgiveness. It's student free- loan forgiveness. Yeah, student loan forgiveness. It's not student loan forgiveness because the loans aren't forgiven. Loans have been transferred. Those are, it's student loans transference. The people who took the loans don't have to pay for them the people who did not take the loans have to pay for them. It's up for ten up to ten thousand dollars, correct? No, it can be up to twenty thousand. Okay. And uh, so ten thousand for many twenty thousand in some situations. And what was interesting is when I first heard about it on CNN, uh, they were saying it was gonna cost us like something like $30, 40, um million dollars or no, something like that. Billion. No, billion. no, they said, they said thirty to forty million, million dollars. That's and um or or no, no, I'm sorry. You're right. It was $38 billion that I heard. And I, I said, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. And then I began seeing reports everywhere else where it was going to be minimally $300 billion, yeah. up to $500 billion. And then over a 10-year um, stretch, it would, it would end up costing us around a $1 trillion. And I going, wait a minute. How is it possible that they're saying it's going to cost $38 billion when it actually, the, the minimal estimates are $300 billion? And who's going to pay for that? I had student loans, and I paid for my loans, and it took me a long time. Yeah, and I was never bitter that I had loans. I was grateful that they gave me loans so I could go to college. Right, and uh, and I paid every part of that. And so I it one it frustrates me that that this this level of thinking is seen as generous, humane, or uh, politically um, intelligent, because. You forgive all these loans, but you keep giving loans. Hmm. That doesn't make any sense. And I thought about it in that moment. I said, look, if you really thought that people should not have loans for colleges, then you need to stop giving the loans first. You stop the bleeding first. You do triage. And then you go back through and do the uh, forgiveness. Although I don't think you should have forgiveness. I think people should have to pay the loans that they took. I don't think... A guy who's a carpenter or a plumber, or a woman who's a teacher, or or um, you know a, a, a nurse, should be paying back the loans for someone else who got their degree in general studies. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's completely wrong. Right. And so, I, so first of all, I'm going. We're in this mi- in the middle of a recession. We've just come out of this pandemic. We have tens of millions of people who are not going to work, and. What you do is you say, we're going to forgive all these college loans. And for my estimation, this is simply the Biden administration buying votes. Right. I'm just going to say that point blank. That when, you know, I mean, I'm from El Salvador. One of the things you learn early on is the, the, the strategy of socialism is to tell people who are poor, we're going to give you money. We're going to take care of you. We're going to supply what you need.
0: Just get out there and vote for us.
1: Yeah, just vote for us.
0: Yeah. And and it's a this very is manipulative approach. It is. It feels and, manipulative. Yeah. But, but so before I'm completely it, I wanna, against
1: it. I want to say that I'm completely against the quote loan, college loan forgiveness program. Interesting. One hundred percent. Okay. Brooke,
0: thoughts?
2: I have a. Can I ask a follow up question?
0: No, no. I want your thoughts. Yeah. I'll ask the questions here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on the forgiveness?
0: Yeah. No. On Karen Bass and my earlier. <laughs> no, forgive Personal triage. College loan forgiveness. Come on, give us your give us your thoughts.
2: I mean, give I have student loans, so I'm you, not going to be opposed to it.
0: <laughs> so you're you're benefiting from the student loan, and so you feel grateful. When you you, what was it like when you heard the headline?
2: I was like, oh, thank God.
0: Okay, so in your mind, after you thanked God, okay, uh, when Pastor, you,
2: when I heard that irony right there,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you should have been thanking the government, I and, suppose.
2: Oh, thank Biden.
1: Yeah. Um, who, did did it come across your mind? Who's actually going to pay for this?
2: Yes, of course.
1: And who did you conclude?
2: You know, me, another person, lots of people.
0: (laughs) But No, 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 no. just let let her speak. Just let her go. Come on, open it up. Let's hear.
2: Do I think it's a comprehensively wonderful, beneficial solution for everyone in the United States? No, I do not. Do I think it's a short-term benefit for me? Yes, I do. So, in my gratitude for it, I can see it's not the best solution, but I'm also not going to turn it down. And it it's from a I've heard so many different perspectives on it. I've heard so many even people I would count as friends mm-hmm. who hate it and don't agree with it. Um if people didn't pay for college and they don't agree, I'm a little bit less inclined to take their argument. As like as to heart.
1: You mean because they didn't borrow money, you take their opinion less, more, uh, less seriously?
2: Not less seriously.
1: (laughs) No, that's what you just said.
2: Well, I don't. It doesn't have the. It's like you
1: should be listening to the person who didn't borrow money.
2: (laughs) I don't think their opinions invalid. It's usually people like some people's parents could afford to pay for them to go to school.
1: Oh yeah, and that's great.
2: Um, but it's not the situation I was in. Right. Any job that I wanted, Mm -hmm. any job I wanted to make a living wage, to be able to raise Mm -hmm. kids, especially to live like in Los Angeles, it was going to require a bachelor's degree. I went to a state school. I am proof
1: that is not true. I would have hired you without a BA. I never asked you about your college background.
2: Well, not this job specifically, but any job in communications, any job with salaried, with
0: You write scripts on the side, right? I do, yeah. They ever asked you where you went to college?
2: They do actually, yes. I went to a screenwriting program in my school with people who are involved in the industry. So you got the job based on
0: you going to UNC and taking that screenwriting class? Not based on that. How'd you, you got the job because you, you had good connections and you're, and you're performing, I can't see you so it's harder to argue with you. That's good. Where would
2: I have learned how to do what I'm doing on the side if I hadn't learned it?
0: Talk to Tarantino, talk to, talk to, talk to, what is it, uh, Ben Affleck and and Matt Damon. I needed
2: the school. I went mm-hmm. to what you would consider to be a very affordable school. Chapel Hill in-state.
0: Yep. Oh, in-state, yeah, yeah.
2: Is is very affordable.
1: Rated number one for public universities in America.
2: I worked really hard to get into that school. Mm-hmm. And I had to take out loans to do it. Have I been paying them off for the 10 years I've been out of school? Yes. Are they paid off? No. Jeez. So that's just the reality.
1: Okay, here's the a, here's a strange thing, Brooke. Oh, no. I actually think that if you have a, a college loan mm-hmm. and you, you can get it forgiven by this program, you should definitely do it. See, <laughs> I, I think any American who can take advantage of what the government has just told them I'll give you money for, my answer is yes, go yes. take it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not against the person who's taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand that. And I I'm, I'm one, I'm against the, the language, which, which I think is deceptive. hmm And because the the loans are not forgiven, they are transferred. Yes. And and I still think that it's about governments protecting institutions rather than actually being for individuals, because the truth is, if they cared about this problem, they would force universities to charge less.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Universities have massive endowments. They have billions of dollars in banks, and they don't actually ever have to charge another student tuition for the rest of time. But they do, and they charge an immense amount of money. And So why isn't the government actually dealing with the universities over charging students for their degrees rather than uh, having made loans in one generation and then um, forgiving them in the next generation, which will be paid for by the next generation?
0: Okay, you ready for this? Uh, UNC's investment fund has $8.3 billion in total assets. Yes. Making it one of the... The f- 25 largest college <laughs> university endowments in the United States. That's Ivy League level.
2: And I actually worked for <laughs> the, that department in school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you were never like, let me hit an account transfer. <laughs> here, here, These are the thoughts that I would like to hear from you, Brooke, because I wouldn't talk about endowments because I think it's such a great point. My question for you isn't so much on like reaping the benefits, but what do you think about it as far as um, the political agenda behind it? Do you believe there's a political agenda? If so, if not, let us know.
2: There's always a political agenda. Always.
0: Do you find it appropriate?
2: I find it advantageous.
1: Do you think that it is, <laughs> it is um, incidental that the forgiveness has come right before the midterms when no. the Democrats are afraid of losing the House?
2: Absolutely not. It. And Elizabeth Warren ran on this policy and she lost soundly because no one cared about it enough to make it their full platform and to vote for in because she wanted that.
0: And then and then Biden gave us a little taste of that, um, that stimmy. <laughs> He's like, let me a give you, little me give you a little hit of the stimmy and then right. you know what, let me give you a little second hit and then you know what, let me forgive a little bit of loans. Okay. I think well, it's a
2: systemic issue.
0: Right, so do you think that the government
1: is um, being fiscally responsible in the middle of uh, coming out of a recession, or in the middle of a recession, coming out of a pandemic, to suddenly decide to forgive a half a trillion dollars worth of loans,
2: I feel like I need to say no because <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know what the Treasury is doing. I don't know how it all plays out in the future. I feel like it's never going to be fiscally responsible. Like the U.S. is never going to have a 500 billion dollar windfall. And say, we have this, you know, this liquidity. Let's just give it to people with student loans. It's always going to translate into more debt. But
0: I am very grateful that you were able to get a student loan. I'm very grateful you went to UNC Chapel Hill. I'm very grateful you came and worked for us. I'm very grateful that it taught you the skills to do other things. And I'm very grateful that you got a student loan forgiveness. When it's personable, it changes. Yeah. Do I like that I am? Paying for your student loan forgiveness? (laughs) (laughs) Not so much, but I'm not. This is the tough thing is that you know that they're going to take the money from you anyways. When you live in California, I understand that I'm living in a, a, I'm not living in a state of the United States of America. I'm not just living in the state of the United States of America. I am living in a social membership club called California, <laughs> yeah. where I am gouged for, <laughs> for the amenities <laughs> of the beach, <laughs> amenities of the snow, the amenities of the desert, the amenities of the weather. And I pay for that
2: mm-hmm. as
0: well as paying for other student loans.
2: But the money is going to be taken from you regardless. And
0: I, that's why I feel less bad about it because I live in California. If I live in Texas, I'm feeling more angry.
2: Well, we don't even know right? where like 90% yeah. of our tax money is allocated. This to me is like a, Soapbox issue to say you're using my money for that. We don't know what they're using our money for.
0: Well, we definitely know they're sending a lot of missiles to Ukraine. And that is a real thing. Like I I've been like the the data, just like the online data for like how much there was a there was a lawsuit that just got um uh published, I think the last like two months. It's been going on since the the Gulf War, or I guess mm-hmm. the second Gulf War. So George George H.W. Bush, right? That'd mm-hmm. been uh and i guess they hired a a man who is an ex marine and he started like a a black ops group Mm -hmm. but outside of the black ops groups they created like fulfillment companies and he fulfills i'm butchering this i don't think it was a black ops group all he did was supplement food for the government in iraq Mm -hmm. and he realized that he could just invoice the government for almost anything once he got approved by the government for this fulfillment program Mm -hmm. And he was, I think he, I think he stole like $128 million from the government because they're just so negligent and they didn't find it for 20 years. So it's 20 years after the war. Wow. And they're now figuring out that this guy was just charging like 3 million for cases, 4 million for forks. And I'm sure stuff costs a lot because you're buying yeah. in bulk, you're, you're feeding an army, but he was taking advantage of the government at such a high level. And they didn't realize for 15, 20 years later, I, at what point is our government so inefficient that- You know, we can't even get a venue for Mosaic in Venice because the contract has been sitting in an email in risk management and in the LUSD district, Mm -hmm. and they won't approve us. They've approved us before; we've signed multiple contracts with them over the last few years. They know who we are. They even say hello when we call them on the phone. We've called them twice a week for the last two and a half months, and the event passed. We couldn't do the event because we didn't get approved by the district, Mm. and and they're like, "We're so sorry. We just, you know, haven't gotten around to it." At what point does government become so inefficient and dysfunctional that, you know, we're paying for basically a bad membership program?
1: Well, I think that's been true for a long time. How long? And, well, I mean, governments are inherently inefficient. And the more you allow a bureaucracy to expand, the more inefficient it becomes. You don't end up getting more money to the person who needs it. You get more money to the organization that's managing the money for the people who needs it. And... But I just wanted to stay a little focused on the college thing. Um, I, your interest rate was probably, what, 3%, Brooke? I'm not sure. It's pretty close to free money. And For student uh, loan? Yeah, student loan. probably loans. doesn't
0: feel very free to Brooke, though.
1: No, no, because you always have to pay it back. But it's, the, when I had my student loan, the interest rate was so low that at least it didn't have this compound effect that I was just always paying more and more and more and more. Right. It was actually accessible and doable. The challenge is that when you're the government and you use moving money as a way to mobilize support and, and allegiance and votes, it can be incredibly dangerous. And uh, And so I actually was really frustrated going, this is so political. All you're doing is buying the votes of millions of of um people and it's not the poor when you're saying I'm helping the poor you're actually helping
0: probably the middle middle upper class right but and, there was a cap you know, right you couldn't make more than 150k to get the student loan forgiveness yes yeah, yeah per household per household per right. household yeah, yeah. which yeah that's really tough because if you're in Cal- like i think in california, there was a lot of people yeah. who were outraged because if you're in california most couples are trying you know making yeah. more a little bit more than that yeah,
1: if you're in California, you can barely live, and it's and uh, I don't, you know, it's it's really difficult. But if you're in other parts of America, 125,000 a year is is a really good income, right? Yeah. You know. All right. So let's move on from that because I want to I want to address one other political issue that no, really no, is for me is disturbing. Talk to us, but then I want to talk about Mar-a-Lago.
0: Okay. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, because I think it's no. I think it's polarizing, right? Because you have one side where Biden, uh, President Biden, would be respectful, um, has bought votes Mm -hmm. essentially, and then you have this FBI raid on 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 uh, former President Trump's uh, (laughs) Mira Lago estate. And on one side, I'm going, are they make? Could they be handing him a win by raiding his house? Because you know he's going to run on. If they did it to me, they could do it to you. Yeah. This home invasion, invasion of privacy, invasion of yeah, well there's a lot more nuances rights. to that, I think. But it, but no, I think there's yeah. lots of nuances yeah. to it. Yeah. It's, I'm not oh, advocating for it. I'm saying no, no. why it's why would they funny. why would they be that
1: obvious? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say one funny thing. Brick, if you agreed that the government should forgive the loans, you're a socialist. We you're, we you're moving yeah, on from this. No, you're a socialist. But if you take the loan, you're a capitalist. <laughs>
2: I'm both. <laughs> so cappy.
1: So yeah, sounds- if, you say, if you accept the forgiveness you're <laughs> a social right? like a
2: government sorority <laughs> i pledge social cappy
1: yeah and then we'll so, <laughs> so we'll get to marlowe logo in a minute but um, one of the themes that i've heard a lot you know, over the past uh, couple of weeks maybe couple, past couple of months is um the democratic party saying and, and President Biden said this, basically the MAGA Republicans uh, are the most dangerous threat to American freedom and that they need to be stopped and need to be destroyed, you know, and they need to be extricated from American culture. And yet the Democratic Party has spent at least $43 million that I've been able to track through um, uh, different reports to help MAGA Republicans win their primaries.
0: Right. So, Because they believe that the Democrats will actually beat them in the runoff in Right.
1: So they don't want to run against the moderates or the conservative Republican who's not MAGA because they don't think they can beat them. So they're putting money behind the MAGA Republicans and then saying, you see, look how much power Trump has. His candidates are getting elected. So they're keeping Trump in the light. They're keeping Trump in the middle of, this, of the center of power. They're, they're helping the Republicans elect the most extremist candidates Ugh. and then saying they're the greatest threat to American democracy and freedom. What is a greater threat? A person who, um, quote, sincerely holds to a far-right conservative view or the person on the left who is so corrupt and manipulative that they would rather have that person elected with the chance that they could beat them rather than lose the election to a, to a moderate, um, well-rounded Republican who is closer to their views. And I, I find this to be one of the most disingenuous, hypocritical and dangerous postures on the political spectrum right now. Hmm. And I don't know why CNN and MSNBC are not talking about that hypocrisy because that should be front and center that you cannot get on the podium at the White House and say the greatest threat to America is this stream of the political party on the right and then have your party pour millions and millions of dollars to make sure that candidate is elected. And I I saw a very similar thing happen when Trump was elected. My perception of this is that every news network gave Donald Trump unfettered access to their mediums when he was the candidate for the Republican Party. Trump could call CNN and be on television within minutes. He had so much access, it was unbelievable. And in my mind, I kept thinking to myself, this is so strange. Every news network wants Donald Trump to win the Republican nomination. And I'm convinced they did because they were absolutely convinced that he was the most beatable candidate for Hillary Clinton. Hmm. And then the moment he is elected the Republican candidate, all those networks flipped. And now they went heavy against Trump, anti-Trump. And they didn't think that this would backfire on them. But Trump won. And they don't think it's going to backfire on them now. But it may backfire on them. And if MAGA... Republicans get elected to the Senate and the House, and they end up having the majority. The Democratic Party can blame no one but themselves
0: for helping make that happen. That's my input on that. So you're all saying right. that Brooks' team is electing all of the MAGA Republicans to Hey, I'm so shakapi. You're so <laughs> <you're social laughs> phi right here. I'm saying that all
1: American right. politicians don't actually care about our country. They care about power and winning elections.
0: So what do we do? What's next? How do we change things?
1: How do Can things ever be changed? I think there's a culture in American politics that um, feels irreversible and it makes me very nervous.
0: But, all right. But what do you do in the long run, right? Like, if no one will call out, what I'm sure what the Democrats are doing right now has been done for all of eternity. Yes. You always help the person that's more beatable get elected. I'm sure. That's, I'm sure I'm someone sure that's figured that out right. and was like, that guy's kind of dumb, but he's good-looking, and so we're going to get the dumb, good-looking guy to win so I can beat him, you know? <laughs> and that's just the way it probably has worked for the, the entirety of history.
1: Yeah, and I, if, if that's the way it always works, I just at least want to um, turn on the light and go, hey, we need to pay attention to this because we're all being manipulated.
0: We are. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think about the? No, no. I want to have a question. Right. I have actual, real question. Okay. What do you think about the monarchy? How do you? F- I mean, obviously, uh, we've lost the queen, and I, I, and, yes. and and as we, you know, I find it always really interesting that the, the, the Americans care so much about what's going on in the royal family. Mm-hmm. We have a very toxic relationship with our former oppressors, <laughs> but I also like I love the, I love the monarchy. I love the crown. I love the shows. I love the gossip. I love all of the things. And you actually love England. And I love England. You know, I would have stayed with our parents probably. <laughs> Taxation without representation. Whatever. We're getting tax for student loans forgiveness. <laughs> At least we'd have healthier traditions, and we'd have Premier League soccer in the United States. Um, what do you think of the monarch?
1: I've always been against monarchies. Yes, but I, I have affection for Queen Elizabeth.
0: She was. Are they actually? Are they calling her Queen Elizabeth the Great?
1: The Great, yeah.
0: Calling her the Great, aren't they? I
1: know it's a great loss for for the nation, for the um, our nation. No, for the British Empire, yeah. for England, for their family. Um, I, I I want also like just be aware that it's a great loss for people, and and she really seemed to be a very noble woman and a woman of faith. Yes, and. Yeah. Um, I think that the last years of her reign were filled with so much controversy and with with from Andrew
0: Dian- and Diane and yeah Diana, Diana right from Diana. Princess Diana to to Megan
1: to Andrew to yeah yeah to all everyone Harry yeah. and and so I think those were some really troubling years for her and right. um, so anyway I, but I have never been for monarchies I I don't understand how yeah, that monarchy has take existed on it? yeah
0: I. I why is it that we need to have king and queens and prince and princesses still?
1: I don't know why England still carries that tradition. I'm not they, sure. They love it. They do love they it. I it.
2: love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not
0: love it. I, I don't like the idea of it. I think it's absurd. You know, people get really caught up on the, the, the monetary aspect, the financial. Like, they have the, billions the of dollars HRH. with the property and. I wow, mean I think I, mean, they, I, think, it, I think a study that they own like 60 percent of the, the United Kingdom's coastal line I don't know like all of the ports and the shipping they own a lot of that
2: their assets are about 27 billion dollars okay
1: they they're an empire they're a financial empire that hides behind the tradition of royalty
0: but they get tax they get tax dollars as well the HRh
1: they get taxed
0: no they get taxed dollars they receive yeah like an endowment from the government the they hrh do. right oh, not the hrh no that's the her royal highness that's the abbreviation they oh. they call it something it's like essentially like a like a fund that they get at they get Access to, and that like when Prince, uh, it's Meghan Markle and her husband's name, Prince Harry and Ma- Prince. Oh, no,
1: he's not a prince anymore. Just Harry. Just
2: Harry.
0: No, he is still yeah. a prince. I, I read this whole thing. He is still a prince, but he can't use his HRH, his oh, Her okay. Royal, his Royal Highness, Highness. Oh, okay. abbreviations. So he is still a prince. Oh, okay. he, but under Queen Elizabeth, if you leave and you leave working for the for the for the monarch, mm-hmm. then you're and you're no longer a employee. You're not doing your your yeah HRH duties. You don't get <laughs> the money.
2: But now his son is a prince. Wow. And his daughter.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah. Now he's- Being a new- uh, an immigrant from a Latin country, I'm against anyone being given wealth by virtue of their birth. Right. I, you know, for me, like, I, you know, I I have a scrappy, you work yourself from the bottom to the top, your only ceiling should be your your- talent your ambition your intelligence your passion your willingness to risk and sacrifice i don't like the fact that people who maybe could never create any income based on their own capacity suddenly become billionaires because they were born the son of a queen i'm just not a fan of that approach toward um secession You, you know and um,
0: but I guess yeah. it's really the result of being so dominant in a military perspective. They were so dominant for so many years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. England. Yeah. England. Yeah. The monarchs. Yeah. So they're so dominant that they were generous enough to give some land back to the people and realize <laughs> that killing for a title was no longer the way to go.
1: Yeah. It, it came, it fell out of style. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. But now they're kind of left in this place because, you know, I read, I was reading this article over the weekend talking about how um, that people really get upset about how much money the government gives the royal family, but that the royal family actually generates so much money from tourism because people are constantly trying to visit the United Kingdom to mm-hmm. visit the palaces, to tour the grounds, to do all of these things, that they're really just receiving what they generate for the government.
1: And um, I'm sure there, as much as it's irritating me, I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that. Because, but then uh, is it
0: much different than Disneyland?
1: Yeah, that's. I, I was just thinking, you know, that. Uh, I mean, we've been to England. Kim loves the crown. She loves everything about the monarchy. She, yeah. Um,
0: there's such, there's such a fantasy around it.
1: Yeah, and so I could see. We've been the tourists. We've been there. We've, you know, <laughs> we've contributed <laughs> yeah, me to the world. <laughs> there's so much history to it, and I find it fascinating, and I do find it intriguing, and, um, but. But it 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 creates for me a a huge conflict. It was probably 20 years ago. Kim and I were in the British Museum for the first time and getting a tour, and I remember I said out loud, "Hey, I thought this was the British Museum. There's nothing in here that's British." Yeah. And Kim's like, "Shh." I go. Hey, it looks like you took this from a lot of other countries. When are you going to give it back in the, the tour, guide. Museum yeah. and tour guide? Yeah. Tour guide was like, you know, looking at me with a little bit of disdain. Oh, you said it out loud. I said it you out loud. Like me in
0: the coffee shop. <laughs> interesting.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I see the connecting points here. Okay, no. Full circle.
1: I did not like, I just thought it was interesting that you, we're seeing a museum and what we're seeing is everything they stole. From other countries in the world when they conquered them, and I, I thought no one sees the the conflict here, no oh. one
0: sees the dissonance. Oh. They would, they would, those pyramids, <laughs> the pyramids would be inside of England if they could have figured <laughs> they out. how like, to move. A move. <laughs> 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 it's got to be more like a, like a mummies and and tombs, yeah, in England than there are in Egypt. I do find that really interesting. Yeah, but it's it's kind of this phasing out of the old world and the old ways,
1: right? But the British, uh, I guess they're going to hold on to the old traditions as long as they can.
0: I do think it's beautiful. Yeah. So, I, you know, if you're, if there you're is hearing a me, Aaron hates the monarch, no. You actually like it more than me. I actually do like it more than you. Yeah. I don't, there is a the side of it. Because I, I think the, the main lineage of it is really interesting. It mm-hmm. gets a little weird when you have the, the brothers and the sisters and the people who really are inheriting a lot of wealth but for doing mm. nothing. i do think you know and and i do find it interesting you know they put the kids through military and they and Mm -hmm. to some degree as figureheads and you know and to as like a token of you know our appreciation for the process of it i do look at it and you go when you get to places like prince andrew to and you get to into situations like princess diana when it gets really scandalous and and very i think distracting to what Mm -hmm. the world was going on in the world that's where i think it gets really dangerous yeah but i you know i i i find politics and monarchies and dictatorships and all of this to be Mm -hmm. very archaic yeah like how are we still how are we still going to your garage and voting (laughs) like i just don't understand this i can buy a, a a a a um for those of you who don't de- know i can buy a decentralized <laughs> currency on yeah. the internet put it in a wallet in mm-hmm. a smart wallet but i can't vote for my president via my iphone i do not yeah. understand
1: yeah for context our garage has been the neighborhood voting center for years yes <laughs>
0: and, uh, all right okay
1: you want to talk about mar lago
0: no, I don't No, really, no, no. I, no, no, no. It's it's passed. It's passed. No, past. no, we should talk about it because I just think it's I just think it's adding fuel to the fire.
1: Yeah, because Naeem Bukele said something. The president The, the President Bitcoin, of El Salvador.
0: President of El Salvador.
1: Who has constantly been attacked as a dictator and questioned for his tactics.
0: He's proving to he can only become a dictator if he decides to not leave office after two more years.
2: Well, sorry. I thought you were gonna talk about his drug war.
1: Oh, no. What I'm going to talk about is the fact that he said that if he had had his government do what happened at Mar-a-Lago, he would be demonized as a dictator across the world. It's very true. And I thought, that's a very interesting perspective for someone who we keep demonizing as a country. Yeah. Questioning his ethics, motives, hunger for power, when he's turning a country that's been worn, torn, trapped in poverty and violence for uh, generations, and really bringing the most positive change I've ever seen in my country, and then he says, "Hey, look, Marlago,"
0: but dictators tend to do a little bit of good and a lot of bad, and I think we're in his era of good, and we'll this, and he'll decide. He can only decide if he does bad afterwards.
1: That's very true. Right. I think that's a, that's a fair. That's a that's a that's a fair analysis.
0: I guess my question for you is: At what point does he become a dictator?
1: Well, you're only allowed to have one term. They'll probably change it before he finishes his term. You get so one five year term, right? Yeah. So he'll probably get at least two five year terms, and he'll be there for ten years. And
0: and then if he doesn't leave after that,
1: then I would say. Um, you could say he's a dictator, and then you'd have to evaluate what kind of dictator
0: he is. What you going to say?
2: Oh, he's, I read an article, and Pastor, I'm sure you know more about this, but he declared a war on the drugs in El Salvador. Yeah. And I read an article that I, I know was biased in a sense um, about all of the men that were taken off the streets and put into jails. Yes. Yes. If they even look suspicious, without given a trial or the right to a trial.
0: Well, look. So <laughs> that had to be the L.A. Times.
2: <laughs> New York Times, close. New York, New York Times,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he he. Def, I mean, he gets a lot of flack because on his Instagram, he posts about that stuff. Like He doesn't hide it. No, he, it's wide open. He posts. Yeah. He posted a man who had no tattoos and said, um, "Does this man look like a, a uh, like a like a war or like a gang member to you?" And then this next scroll, broke. was the guy had like a tattoo in his lip that was gang-related. Yeah. And he goes, ha-ha, little to the, like, to the eye, it's unknown that this man's a gang member, but when you go deeper, you find that this is a warlord, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, man, he put him on blast. Yeah. yeah. He put just, his business out there. And he's yeah. like, "These man is this man is off the street from now on. And like, he just arrested the person, not for doing anything yeah, illegal. Yeah,
1: when they say that uh, he, they were arrested without any proof, the gangs actually tattoo themselves. <laughs> yeah, not the most strategic
0: stealth. No, so operation. if you have a
1: a face tattoo that if says you, yeah. "I'm in this gang," uh, he's basically saying that's enough proof that you're in the gang.
2: It, the
0: yeah, it yeah.
2: I couldn't believe the most notorious gang is it M80?
0: M80. Well, it's not. The band is M80. I
2: know. That's what I was. I knew I was going to get it wrong. What's it called?
0: No, you blocked out my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But they killed like eighty-seven people is it in three days. MS13. MS13. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Eighty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, MS13. I, I ended up having brain
2: freeze. From you for a, <laughs> I've never done that to you before. I'm kind of proud. Yes,
1: MS13 is the most notorious gang, probably in. in well, the crazy the about
0: world. MS13 was that it's the, probably the most notorious gang. It was the most organized notorious gang in the United States. Yeah. They had something like. 50 chapters in different states across yeah. the U.S. And then when L.A. did a mass, like, gang bust and sent everyone back to El Salvador, yeah. they made El Salvador very violent, mm-hmm. which is really interesting, right? Yeah. And the yeah. same way that they busted the MS-13 gang members in the, in L.A. is kind of similar to how um, Bukele is, is busting yeah. them. In we El just Salvador. don't talk about that here. We just don't talk about it.
2: Yeah, so, I didn't realize it originated in L.A. in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And they were they were known for not using guns, but for cutting up people with machetes. So they would cut up rival gangs. So they knew if it was like a blood or a crip, if there was a shooting, but if an MS 13 was involved, they would go in and cut everyone's limbs off. Ah.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty brutal and maybe we don't need to be that descriptive today. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. And but here's the thing. Bukele, when you're looking at dictators, you're not looking at people who are trying to educate the masses. Right. And he's transformed the educational system. He's given every single student a laptop computer. He's giving every student access to information. He's uh, pouring money into the schools and teachers. Most dictators want to make their people more ignorant and eliminate access to information. Right. Bukele is trying to make his people more educated and giving them access to all the information that the world has. So at least at, at the present time, I would say his intentions are to transform the livelihoods of the people of El Salvador, which I am
0: completely for. So would you would you would you deem the actions of our presidents the I guess it would be President Obama and President Biden with so much social capitalism infusing into it's not even capitalism it's just socialism infusing into the government by forgiving loans by creating Obamacare by essentially empowering the lower the lower income class um so much so because really Biden is now helping kind of the middle which is I think more helpful because it's a deteriorating middle but Obama really did empower the lower-income class, which be- creates a dependency on the government to a point where, I mean, he incentivized having babies and having children and increasing welfare with, with family center, like, s- systems in, in lower-income neighborhoods. Okay. Do you think the United States makes it easy for people who do not have the financial ability to go to college easy? Do you feel like we're actually edu- Do you feel like we are helping people become more educated in all class systems? Because no, education in the United States is an upper-class thing.
1: Well, no. I mean, we we try to make education accessible to everyone. Do you in believe America.
0: that? <clears> That's <throat> what we say. We offer student loans. We offer indentured, indentured Well, student loans we indentured to, to, to a credit union. What?
1: Well, student loans are for going to college.
0: Right, but not everyone can access student loans. No, I know not but, everyone can access college.
1: I mean, obviously, there needs to be massive educational reform in the United States.
0: Right. I mean, as I was up there schools K twelve too. Like I'm I'm saying, I'm saying you're looking at it. You're comparing him giving iPads to every student Mm -hmm. as him bringing in education. I would say that's a really good thing. I'd say that's not very dictatorial, Mm -hmm. dictatorial, right? Mm -hmm. Of him to do that. I would say that most kids in LAUSD classrooms wouldn't even have that. Mm. Right. I would say that pre-COVID, where they had to do a huge tablet buy. Oh, you know that was
1: a huge problem in New York. That when they're talking about educating from home. Right. <clears throat> Kids didn't have access to computers and laptops. So, I right. want to go back to what Bucalli said about Marlago. Okay. You know, you've read some stuff about Marlago. What are some of your thoughts on that?
0: I don't know. I don't know enough. I mean, Trump had documents that he shouldn't have had, right? Mm-hmm. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, and they said, I can't believe he took something out of the White House that he shouldn't have. And I was like, that's crazy. You think your CEO leaves all of his important documents in his office? Or you think he takes <laughs> stuff home?
2: I was going to say, you think Trump did something he shouldn't have? <laughs> <What>? Yeah, also. <laughs>
0: No, but I'm like I think I'm making it personal. Like you, you don't think every CEO in the in the entirety of the United States. And he was like, he's like, well, it doesn't matter. He's not the president of the United States. I said, yeah, but he actually has, he actually has classified clearance because he works with. Uh, security, security, like, uh, what is it? Security brokers, like, um, or I guess like Raytheon, and all these different companies, right? So I'm like, you're working with companies that you would have to have classified clearance. So you, your boss probably has the highest classified clearance you can have as, as a civilian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Okay. So you think he doesn't take documents home or accesses documents on those clients at mm-hmm. home on an unsecured server? I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, he probably does. Yeah. So here, here's the interesting nuance. Okay. I don't know the exact proper language. Do you think it's wrong first that he well, took
1: documents home? Uh, no, but they made it wrong. How'd they make it wrong? See, presidents have a the highest clearance level. Right. Ex-presidents have the highest clearance level. Right. Biden took that away from Trump. How? He he did because you you the next president has to give it to you.
0: Has to give what to you?
1: The clearance.
0: Ah, uh, he took away that clearance from Trump. So
1: every president historically has been given that. Clearance. Oh wow. So basically it's like I didn't know Trump that. was running fully closed and Biden took all that made him make it and then said, Now if you have any documents, it's illegal because you don't wow. have clearance anymore. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. And so part of what I realized as I was reading all this going, Oh, it's illegal because for the first time in modern history, a president hasn't been given the clearance mm. that other presidents have been given. Interesting. So, uh, it
0: sets up a really unhealthy precedence.
1: right? Because no president's going to give the next president clearance anymore unless it's from the same party, yeah. Uh, and now, wow. um going forward, it'll be one of the things that can be quote negotiated or maybe uh, eliminated right and And so I, I think that's a part of the nuance of it is it is illegal because for the first time in our history, an ex-president doesn't have that level of clearance, Wow. And because he doesn't have the level of clearance, he doesn't have the right to the access to that level of of uh, material. Do you lose that clearance
0: if you're impeached as well?
1: Oh, I'm sure you do lose it if you're right. impeached. Okay. Um, so I imagine Nixon probably lost and that clearance. Clinton yeah. probably lost
0: it. No, Not no, Because no, no. he wasn't removed. He was just impeached. Yeah, right.
1: and he didn't lose that clearance. Right. And, um, and so it's a kind of an interesting dynamic. So I, I think there's several things. One, it shouldn't surprise anyone that Trump does stuff that
0: is really questionable, <laughs> yeah. right? You, you know, I just think I, he doesn't. My, pay. my question is, why did he keep it if he knows? I cannot figure that out. Why you keep the of documents me. if you if you know you're not supposed to have them? I, I think that's a part of his own like narcissism
1: that he just doesn't think the rules apply to him.
0: Yeah, like you have to see if you're a yeah. Trump fan, you have to see that that's not a good trait to have as a president. It's not a healthy one. No,
1: no, and and then on top of that, um. I don't believe for one second the Biden administration didn't know. I mean, when President Biden said he had no idea, he had not been given any warning or any of foreknowledge what? of, of the raid. Yeah. no way. <laughs> Brooke, you believe it?
2: I can't say that I do, Aaron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, all right, here are the two options. He didn't know, and he's the most um uninformed president in modern history. <laughs> Or he, or he knew that he was for- through for- his teeth. <laughs> he for- nah, Or he
0: forgot.
2: Option C. My man forgetting
0: a lot right now. Option C, he forgot. It makes me sad. Like his speech a couple weeks ago was sad. It's, it's yeah. tough watching a president deteriorate. You yeah. know, it yeah. really is.
1: But I will say, I do think a part of what's going on is um, it's essential in the political landscape for yeah. the Democrats, to- for Trump to stay in the limelight. He has to be the center of the conversation. And on top of that, it's essential for Trump, for him to stay in the limelight. It's essential for his own ego. So it's almost like two colliding storms. The Democrats want Trump to stay the the headline. Trump wants Trump to stay the headline. So ironically, they're working together to keep him in the conversation
0: all the time. You know what it feels like to me, and not to over-spiritualize this because I want to wrap this up, but it feels like what Christians do to the devil. And not saying that Trump's the devil, but I, I think that, they they focus Christians focus so much on the enemy that it ends up the church ends up becoming more about the enemy than it does becoming about than it does become about things that you're supposed to learn about Jesus yeah and the disciples and the Bible and like how to grow as a human yeah and I I like I I cannot I cannot go on sometimes on Instagram because I somehow the algorithm has figured out that I'm a pastor's kid <laughs> and I get all of these like you know. These things. Um, okay. Anyways, I think we've lost our way now in this episode. We've gone deep into this hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my conclusion would be right now we're, we have
1: a country that knows that you will vote for what you're against so they don't have to tell you what they're for. Okay. And what we need to do is begin to actually fight for what we're for and spend way less energy fighting for what we're against. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're spending your whole life fighting for what you're against, they set the
0: agenda fight for what you're for
1: and make a difference. Yep
0: Okay. <laughs> this is it. Thank you so much for listening to the Battle Ready podcast. We are so grateful that you have tuned in. We are back. I don't know if we're better, but we're back. <laughs> and and but it, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. I, uh, I you know, I would say this though. I'm I, at the way at the rate that it is going, I'm not voting for anyone. I don't want to vote for anyone. I don't want to have any association to anyone right now. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Have a great week. Rate and review this podcast. Be nice to us. (laughs) Just having some fun. Be nice to each other. Be nice to each other. Don't go to my coffee shop. (laughs) Have a great week.